The latest reports show less than a third of fourth graders can read and do math at grade level. When my daughter was sixth grade, she could not do the addition and subtraction of fraction numbers and, and the decimal numbers fluently. To me, it's like a third grade or fourth grade stuff. I feel like something is not right. Meanwhile, the school system's response is to allow students to take the tests multiple times while making the exams easier for students to pass. In the public school districts, they try to hide some scorecards from the parents and just tell them, you know, we are good. So that's what we call grade inflation. Every kid feel like they're doing good. In the reality, the reading and writing is not good for our next generations. If our next generation lose the capability to read and write by themselves, and they will lose the capability to think by themselves. My guest today is Frank Shu, president of Californians for Equal Rights Foundation. The California public education system, they don't really care if they really prepare our students for the society, for the workforce, and that's scary. Are we going to have a generation of kids that won't be able to read and do basic math? Let's listen to an insider's perspective. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Siamai. We want to talk to you about education in California. A number of parrots are running for school boards in California. Yeah. But before we get into that, we want to hear more about you. You just ran for a community college board seat, and uh, you're from China. Can you tell us your story? How did you get into the education, be passionate about education? Oh, sure. So uh, I came into the United States, uh, and then I moved to San Diego in 2009. And before 2014, I was just busy on getting my green card so that I feel belonged uh, into this country. Uh, and I, had, I have two kids, so one born in 2005 in China and another born in 2008 in Dallas, Texas. So I started to uh, get involved into public education since 2014. Once I got my, my green card, I feel belonged to it, and I feel like uh, something is not right. What was not right? Because your your so your son was nine years old. You had a son in the public school system. Yes, uh, they were. Uh, so a little story about that is when we went to uh, my daughter's third grade teachers, uh, you know, teachers parents conference, and the teacher uh, shows us how good my daughter is on the math, and uh, he just tells us, you know, she knows four divided by one is four, and four divided by zero is, oh, what is that? And I and my, my wife were shocked, because it's like easy problem, and we knew that four divided by zero is, you know, undefined. And the teacher does not, did not know that. Uh, and we could not laugh, we just, okay and and then we started to uh, figure out why that happened and uh, uh, and we graduate gradually know more issues in the public education and eventually we moved both my son and daughter out of the public school system how did the teacher not know that how did you find out that 
Well, Did you ask them? It, or it wasn't an in-person meeting, uh, the teachers, a parent-teacher conference. And uh, he tried to demonstrate my daughter's work. You know, so he made some example. Like four divided by one is four, and four divided by zero. What is that? And he would kind of lost his mind at, at that moment, as only three of us were in the classroom. And uh, uh, when my son was in eighth grade, uh, he, he was still in the public school. So his math was quite advanced. So he, he and his friends, uh, loved to get some questions from online and brought those questions to his math teacher, to his physics teacher, knowing that they would not be able to help them. They just, think they just thought that that was fun to see the teachers cannot address those issues. And s someday he talked, uh, he talked with me about that, and I said, that's not right, because I figure that uh, if I allowed him to keep doing that, that would kind of destroy his character somehow because he would not respect uh, the authorities, you know, especially mentors, because everyone needs a mentor on his subject. So uh, that made me believe that he should be in a, uh, you know, in a with a better educational opportunity. So they were making fun of the teacher, kind knowing of. that the teacher doesn't know yes. the answers. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, uh, so by then, he didn't feel any pressure on in the classroom. The, the, the only thing the teacher requires him is just be silent during the classroom, so don't make any trouble, and, and that's, that's good. Don't challenge me. Yes, and even though he sleeps or just, uh, or just looking at his computers, that's fine. And for my daughter, it's a different, uh, different story. So when my daughter was sixth grade, that, that was 2020, the pandemic just started. And uh, she could not do uh, the addition and subtraction of fraction numbers and and the decimal numbers uh, fluently. So I think that's not right. You know, it, to me, it's like a third grade or fourth grade stuff. Or maybe I'm too strict. So, but it's, it was pandemic anyways. So I spent the summer break together with her w using a different curriculum than the, the current pu public school uses. We, I use the uh, art of problem solving and I immediately saw her improvement. Uh, and she was in the, uh, uh, she was moved to uh, a private school in seventh grade, and she, c she could immediately c catch up on, on her math. So you saw the teacher not knowing, was that the third grade, right? When you saw, you felt <laughs> it, you were shocked by that, right? I was shocked by that. And, and you know what, before third grade, you know, when my kids were in the kindergarten and first grade, I was still trying to learn in this country, and, and I saw they brought home the, uh, the math homework, and the, the, the homework was all about painting. You know, there are two apples and one pear, and how many uh, fruits you have. 
And they don't have to do the 2 plus 1 equals 3. And they just they were asked to paint the apple with whatever color they like, and paint the pear with whatever color and anything. And by then, I thought, wow, the, you know, the education here is uh, interesting. I believe, uh, by then, I believed that uh, it, it's going to uh, uh, bring creativity to, to the kids, you know, because I don't believe uh, the, the education in China was, was good, too. So, but in the third grade incident, I started to realize that probably that's not the case. Probably that's the quality of the education itself. Why didn't you move her out in the third grade? Well, I believe for parents, uh, we, have a, we have a learning curve. You know, when we saw something, and then we start to think, and we, still, we are still busy on like, uh, providing for the family, and, and we didn't really think through. And it, it took time when we see more and more examples, and we say, oh, something is not right. So and then when you decided to move, you put both of them into private school, right? Th that's correct. So my son uh, started his private school since his ninth grade, and my daughter started her private school in seventh grade. And why did you do that? Why did you decide to put them in a private school? Yeah, so since I started to get involved into public education in 2014, so by then my son was uh, nine years old and, and I believe he was, uh, it was fourth grade. And so I gradually learned that the curriculum the public school is using is quite different than before and also than the uh, private schools. Uh, the Common Core, and we figured out that you know, the way they teach the math, teach the reading and writing, is just different. Especially uh, when I realized how low the quality is right now um, with the uh, latest uh, test score, national scorecard in California, Smart Balancer. The reading, writing, and math, the percentage of the students who can meet their uh, grade, uh, grade level are very low state, uh, statewide. And uh, uh, one data that uh, matches my personal experience is that the math is even lower than, uh, than the reading and writing. And uh, I believe that's because uh, the California public edu education system uh, cannot uh, you know, lose the capability to hire talented STEM teachers. And uh, if we allow that to uh, keep happening, that will be disaster to our next generations and be disaster to the competence of our country. Did you notice that uh, other kids besides your kids and other parents mm -hmm. could have similar challenges with the public schools? Yes. Actually, during my campaign, uh, an, a sophomore Indian student reached out to me. And he said he wanted to help me. And I asked him why. 
and he said he agreed with what I said in the website, in my campaign website. And he gave me a, an example. So his AP bio teacher basically could not teach him anything. The only thing he did in the classroom is to play video. And every single one student in his class has to take outside tutoring classes to get their exam passed. And he was frustrated. And he's a great student. He went to India once, and he immediately see the difference of the education between here and in India. So that's why he reached out to me. And that was the Del Norte High School in Power Unified. And another school that was uh, 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 Canning, uh, Canning Crest Academy. There was an uh, AP chemistry uh, teacher. That's same thing. That's in the San Diego Union High School District. So, so that gives me a question. So who will suffer the most? I would say for those families who are disadvantaged with less resource to afford the outside tutoring classes. That kind of quality of teacher will actually create more disparity, so-called dis racial disparity, instead of, um, instead of reducing the disparity. So not having good teachers yeah. will, will create this disparity. Exactly. Because the kids that, have, that are wealthy, they can get two there, so you can go to private school. Yeah. But the kids that are not, they're not rich. They're stuck with them. Yes, yes. And that's why the, uh, the public school systems always advocate for equity right now, because they cannot provide quality education. So the only solution for them is to, OK, I'll reduce the standard for everyone, so mm -hmm. that everyone can pass. Everyone can get an A. But they don't really care if they are you know, really qualified or if they really prepared our students for the society, for the workforce. They don't really care now. And that's scary. Now, you yourself, you had uh, quite a history in China, right? You, you were really good at math. Right? Can you tell us more about your own personal upbringing? Sure. So, yeah, I actually was advanced uh, uh, somehow because my uh, my both of my, my parents uh, were teachers in a uh, rural elementary school. And uh, I got into middle school when I was seven years old and got into college when I was 14 years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but by then I, I, I realized something because when the, uh, the local media tried to report me, and when I read the report, it, it was not me, you know, because I only did some math and uh, reading, writing in Chinese, but uh, the media sh uh, portrayed me as, as, as a good student, good at everything, including a <laughs> Chinese instrument. I, I didn't. <laughs> so starting from there, I started to uh, always give doubt to, uh, to the media, wh whatever media reports, I always think, is that real? Because over there, even though they're teaching a lot of math, and, mm -hmm. and I'm from Iran, they do the same thing. Yeah. D but they always put people in a box. Yep. There's a level of propaganda and brainwashing that they do. Exactly, exactly. And I, 
And I'm seeing this happening right now in the state of California as well, especially in the, uh, in the public school system. What do you see? So, so two typical stuff right now happening in, uh, um, across the state and also across the nation. One is the uh, transgenderism, uh, LGBTQ, and another is the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So can you explain that? Why do you see similarities? between here and China, what you... Okay, the similarity is, uh, so for any topic, I believe uh, there are pros and cons, and there are some uh, supporters, and also there will be critics. It's just natural, right? Uh, however, right now in many public schools, uh, you are just not allowed to express your uh, different opinions about the transgenderism, uh, about the LGBTQ. So there's an example is uh, in Powell Unified School District, where I live in, uh, a couple of parents brought a book, which is called Fun Home, to the school board. Uh, they considered the book as a pornographic book. And uh, the board, actually acknowledged it. But when the media reported it, they called, uh, called that book an LGBT book. So anything opposing that book was bridged to opposing LGBT community. And uh, the mainstream media just blasted those two uh, brave parents about, oh, like, uh, homophobia or whatever, and and the education system, the public school district, they just hesitated to take the pornographic book out of their library, and 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 they do a lot of surveys to ask the the students about how do you feel about it and and all these kind of stuff. So they they have no intention to uh, listen to uh, the critics and if those are truly pornographic books. So that's one example. And for diversity, equity, inclusion is another example. That's, uh, so right now for many school, public school districts, they form the diversity, equity, inclusion uh, committee or policies. And uh, they even, some districts even have the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, they quoted a lot of researchers saying that, okay, we need to uh, teach ethnic studies because that will help uh, the students uh, overall in well-being and both academically and mentally. However, um, the, the scores already told us the opposite. The more they push those diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, the wider the racial gaps in the in the students' achievements. So we can see that if we compare the school, uh, the scorecard between uh, in 2019 and in, 20, in 2022. Uh, so it's so obvious that it's a failing, fa failing policy. However, the media, the school, public school district, they are all for it. And anyone who blames the policy, like me, 
will be immediately labeled as a bigotry, uh, uh, a hatred. And that, that just makes me feel apart. Like, it's like I'm living in a CCP <laughs> territory. Like Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> yeah. <on the> <laughs> So you come from China, you've experienced education there. Mm -hmm. You also have experienced the government, which is kind of closing the information down and mm -hmm. a lot of propaganda. What do you think can happen to us if we don't fix this education issue here? Well, so right now what we are experiencing is, to me, it's kind of similar uh, you know, in uh, similar to the ch in China, in terms of the closing down uh, uh, the the truth, because um, the public school uh, school districts they try to hide uh, some scorecards from the parents and just tell them, you know, we are good. So that's what we called uh, grade inflation. You know. Ev every kid feel like, oh, they're, they're doing great. <laughs> great inflation, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, and in the reality, the reading and writing is not good for our next generations. And that's the foundation, because if our next generation lose the capability to read and write by themselves, and they will lose the capability to think by themselves. That's the critical thinking. And then they are, they will be easier to be manipulated. And uh, that will make our democracy, uh, I, I would say the future of our democracy miser miserable. So you had your school run, uh, you, you just run, how was, how was it? Well, it, it was interesting. Um, and I, I think I did, um, I, I run a very good campaign. Uh, however, uh, my opponent, she got the fully support from uh, the teachers union, which is Paloma, uh, Paloma Faculty Federation. So the teachers union alone uh, funded her uh, more than 65,000 as, uh, as, as of the end of September. I, I haven't checked the latest data yet I, because I, I will not be able to see the final report until the end of this year, but I believe that's more than that. So, so that's another, I believe that's the root cause of uh, the eroding quality of the public education because the teachers union try their best to elect their boss. So eventually my opponent, she, didn't do any uh, voter communication by herself. All the voters' communication was done by Palomar Faculty Federation. So Palomar Federal Faculty Federation sent out mailers, text messages, and, and the volunteers to campaign for, for her. And imagine that when she was elected, and now she is elected, she will be the one to guide, uh, I mean, to, to oversee to oversee the budget and to negotiate the, the contract deal with Palomar Faculty Federation. So how was your campaign? Was it difficult to do this? Especially as an immigrant, you just got to this country a few years ago, right? It was it difficult to do this? Um, 
you know, since I was uh, uh, since since I was get was involved into uh, local public uh, local politics because of public education, I think I started to learn, and uh, I tried my best to uh, get myself uh, exposed to uh, many local organizations, so that I tried to learn how the local politics works and how uh, the political campaign uh, was run. And actually, I run a successful campaign back in 2020 that was a statewide campaign. Uh, it's called No on Prop 16 uh, to advocate to California voters that everyone should be treated equally with no regard of their race, their ethnicity, and skin color. And that one was pretty successful. F uh, I believe 57.23% uh, of California voters uh, voted no on Prop 16. Your kids are already going to private school. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And uh, so for me, it's like, you know, I moved to this country for my American dream. And, and I believe I, cher uh, I cherish the opportunity, the equal opportunity here. I feel like I have always been treated fairly. And I cherish the freedom here. And uh, with the one-sided uh, story by media, by the government, by the school districts, our next generation will be, you know, they will lose their capability of reading and writing properly, will lose their capability to doing their math, and eventually we will lose our competence. And, and that's a disaster from my point of view. It's for the entire society. It's not just for, for, for my own. And uh, if you s look at the trend, how they suppress the freedom of speech, and label anyone who expressed dissent as bigotry, hatred, uh, homophobia, or whatever. That's scary to me, because I came from a country that does not have any freedom of speech. And they want to do it to me again here? No, thanks. I don't, I don't, want, to, uh, I don't want our country to go in that route. Did you face that when you were running this campaign or the previous campaign? Yeah, you know, so uh, when I, uh, in this April, uh, when I, uh, you know, I run a 501c3 organization called the Californians for Equal Rights Foundation, and uh, we oppose mm -hmm. the DEI training in a school district called San Diego Union High School District, and uh, we run a pre pretty good uh, grassroots campaign to ask the par local parents and uh, community members to speak up in the, uh, in the board meeting, board of education meeting. And uh, the other side, they just created a, a flyer and equal me, equate me as like Trump, as uh, uh, Tuck Carlson and, and all these figures, public figures. <laughs> And call me like uh, call my call me and my organization as a bigotry, uh, a hatred. That's that that was that happened to me. And back in 2017, uh, when 
I and my another organization, San Diego Asian Americans for Equality, sued San Diego Unified because they gave preferential treatment to Muslim students. And, and when we sued them uh, to seek equal treatments for all, and I was immediately labeled as um, Islamophobia. And it was like, no, that's not right. But almost mm -hmm. all the mainst mainstream media, they say the same thing. And, uh, and it's interesting as well. So I think that's an, uh, an, an interesting mm -hmm. experience. So when the main media report the, uh, our press conference, so we have pre like five or six uh, Chinese faces sitting in the, in, in the press room. And eventually, the media took a picture with all our faces hidden behind a, a white person. Wow. So that the picture looks like, oh, it's a white supremacist uh, you know, organization and, and, and just trying to uh, uh, discriminate against uh, Muslim students. And that immediately uh, refreshed my suspicious to the media because it's so obvious. Because I intentionally asked uh, my group of people to uh, scatter around so that they cannot just ignore us. But they still managed to do that. That's very sneaky. Did you trust the media when you moved here in the US? Before I moved here, I thought the media here is kind of uh, freedom of speech. You know, I even admired like CNN, New York Times, Los Angeles Times. I think you know they are great media. But now, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. And uh, but but I can understand. So everyone has their own uh, point of view. Uh, but the, p the, the problem is, I feel like they have already uh, lost their, much of their journalism. And uh, they are m very much uh, infected by the woke agenda. So they could not, uh, they could not report the, the incidents or, uh, or the news uh, in a neutral in a neutral way anymore. And I was very, uh, I'm very disappointed at, at this moment. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? I came from a, from a different country with a different system. And uh, I believe that uh, everyone, everyone is a sinner. Uh, that's from the bottom of my heart. So, the officials, elected officials, the officers in the school districts, public, public ed education school districts, they are sinners too. So when they have no uh, area or no capability to improve the, the quality of public education, they intended to cover their loss. And that's how 
the uh, so-called so systemic racism or uh, you know, systemic oppression to the minority people, all, all these kind of uh, theories are adopted by, uh, by the public education system because then they will find the scapegoats. Oh, these guys do not have uh, good achievements. That's because of systemic racism. That's not because of our, our failure, because they have controlled the system since 1970s. So for us, as the public, the only thing we could do is be faithful and expose uh, their wrongdoings. And I believe the public will understand what's going on. Once we expose as many uh, facts and data to the general public, and the general public will understand what's going on. And we, we can make a change from there based on facts and data. Frank Shu, President of Californians for Equal Rights Foundation. It was great to have you on California Insider. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. We want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list. You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to InsiderCA.com and sign up 